This is Dan Fagella, and you're listening to AI in Industry. Our guest this week is the CTO of Farai. Farai is an AI company in the logistics space. The CTO is Gaurav Srivastava. And Gaurav speaks with us this week about what elements of the existing procurement procedures within big enterprises can stick around and which need to be new and different when it comes to shopping for AI, when it comes to looking for the right solution. What are the new factors that are important? And Gaurav speaks with us about social proof, about demos, about pilots, and about troubleshooting some of the potential issues that come up when it comes to finding the right AI buyer. If you haven't already downloaded our guide, again, our entire month this month here is focused on buying and procuring AI in the enterprise. We have a free PDF guide called Five Ways to Select the Right AI Vendor. These are kind of rules of thumb for building lists and determining levels of trust and competency in vendors uh, without wasting a lot of time or resources. You can download that free PDF guide at emerge.com slash B-U-Y-1. So E-M-E-R-J dot com slash B-U-Y-1. If you haven't already downloaded that PDF brief, I recommend that you do so. You can also stay in touch with us on our newsletter on that page as well. So hopefully that brief is useful for those of you who are shopping for AI or who are considering helping maybe some of your clients shop for AI. Those rules of thumb should be helpful. But in addition, Gorov shares a lot of useful insights today. So without further ado, we're going to fly into this episode this is Gaurav with Farai here on AI and Industry. So Gaurav, I wanted to dive in and talk about what enterprise leaders should bear in mind as they're kind of shopping for AI solutions. They're trying to procure kind of an, an AI product or software to be able to solve a problem. What do they need to bear in mind to make sure they make the right choices? What is, what is your advice there? Right. So again, now. On procurement, we are talking about enterprises, right? Yes, yes, enterprises. Companies of my chain head or VC of their logistics who who are trying to buy a AI-driven product, right? Yeah, yep. Large companies, functional business leaders within large companies, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And the pattern that we have seen so far, and they're mostly their driving patterns are driven either by uh, word of reference or by... Gartner reports, or it's either SAP or Oracle House, right? So that's that's how these uh, big biggies have been buying out out there in the, in their past, and that's how they want to try do it for AI as well. But again, AI is an industry which is so new and so nascent, and there's so much happening in here yep. that the traditional ways of procurement they just don't fit in quite well here. It mm-hmm. does helps at like a word of reference is a biggest and the largest uh, source for purchasing. And that remains true even when you're procuring AI. So if, if you're buying stuff, it's always good to speak to your peers in the similar industry and in your your counterparts in other companies. Yeah. And if they're happy about it or not, because enterprise world is quite small and these are small industries. People are quite well connected with each other. You guys meet and talk a lot. So driving through a word of reference helps you really well. And then there are also, you have to look at the vendors or the companies who are working on AI, right? These are like modern age companies. These are hardcore techies and nerds and engineers who are working on these solutions for you, right? So if you just want to validate their solution, I think asking for a simulation is not something too much to ask from these companies. You can easily share your one month data mask it in a way that it doesn't make any 
loss to your business, you mask it in a way, share it with these companies and ask them to simulate it on your data, right? It will be the final nail in the coffin, right? You will never ever think again whether you're investing right or not, right? So these simulation tools, they will just spit out the results and the numbers and it'll just, it's like a dashboard that'll tell you how your things will be before and after this tool that you are going to implement. And this should not be a big thing to ask from these vendors because uh, they are doing it anyways, right? They are working on data. They are working on these reports. They are generating these metrics, right? So running it on a past data and showcasing results should not be a big, big problem here for these companies. So there's always uh, this simulation thing that just helps you get a clarity on how, how systems will look like. When you say simulation, just just as a reminder on my side here, I imagine you're talking about some kind of a sandboxed little proof of concept of some sort. So is this what you're referring to by a simulation? Like, hey, can you come up with predictive insights and can you showcase a visualization or can you, you know, whatever the, the product happens to be with this set of somewhat anonymized data? Is that what you meant by simulation or did you, were you implying something different? Yeah, you got it right. Predominantly. People have been calling it the staging environment or the sandbox environment. and uh, But what I'm saying is I'm not asking for a pilot or a trial run, but just a dump of data into the sandbox environment and oh. the result is not perfect. Right? Yeah, curious. So, okay, because we definitely are aware of companies that kind of need to move into some sort of a of a pilot. I mean, you know, an incubation phase where we start actually integrating at a level where maybe we we're starting to access some live data or starting to interact with users in some way. Like this is a, a further phase, but you're even talking about something even earlier than a POC where it's really the lightest level possible. What can your system do with this amount of data that I send you? It seems like that may not work for all vendor solutions, but it sounds like from your perspective, many AI solutions it will. And is that is that maybe a valid way to to kind of compare vendors? Sort of like, hey, what can these different folks do with the same sort of set of you know small amount of data that I can give them? Is this sort of what you're advocating? Exactly, exactly. And why I'm saying this is because these vendors they are a data first company. The problem for us, like we are a similar company as well, right? We can't run a hundred pilots in parallel, right? We have bandwidth issues on our side. But yes, we can run our 100 simulations for our customers. Just send us data. We love data. Just yeah, dump data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For you. Go play with it. And that's actually a low touch point activity as well. Okay, got it. So, so that there might be a even lighter than proof of concept level of super light sandboxing that some buyers could use to sort of get a sense of what they can shake out of some vendors. And again, I can imagine, I can imagine some environments where maybe that would be harder than others, but, um, but I can see where you're going from there. And obviously speaking to your peers, like you said, you know, really there's no parallel to, uh, there's, there's nothing that compares to getting a sense of who else is a customer of this brand or who is using this or who's using that. Like you said, references are always going to be very important. You mentioned one thing, Gaurav, that I want to poke into, um, which was that some of the older processes for doing procurement are not as relevant because AI is so new. What does that mean? In other words, what methods are less important with things that are so new and what methods for kind of trust and, and, and procuring are, are more important in a space that's so nascent and so new? like AI? What's fading away and, and what's becoming more prominent? <laughs> so this is interesting, man. So this is something that I heard of 
about a year back where uh, it goes like this right nobody ever got fired for purchasing an sap right? yeah 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 that's a mentality that has to be uh, shaken off with ai tools right you can't uh, keep going after these these big houses like saps and jdas and jdas i i will still keep jda out of this picture but right the biggies out there where uh, you can't keep going after these big houses and relying on them for all your needs specifically for ai huh yeah well and obviously as a startup your interest lies in in that perspective but there's certainly a lot of credence there because they're not necessarily at the cutting edge of you know all the new capabilities that ai can open up so uh, it sounds like well and again it probably behooves your interest to to kind of frame things this way but does that mean that people need to be more open to the different alternatives and maybe more more ardent about sort of pulsing the landscape and taking a better look at their options? Like because AI is so new, you're saying we might not be able to rely on the old guard, which again, as a startup, it makes sense. That would be your take. But yeah, what, what, is, I guess, what does that mean for, for an enterprise buyer at one of these big companies? Exactly. So you got it right, Dan. So you have to evaluate all these companies at the same scale. And you have to give them the due advantage of uh, working in the space. And as a buyer, you have to evaluate all these tools, be it from a startup company, be it from an enterprise-grade company, evaluate them with the same due diligence is what the takeaway is. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, and it sounds like it's, you know, it might be a little bit more effort for folks uh, in this new AI world to kind of cut through that clutter and to find those new options. But I guess to stay ahead of the pack, maybe that's going to be just par for the course, what you have to deal with. Maybe a last little question on this, Gaurav, just to get your take. You brought up Gartner reports and referrals mm-hmm. as really important sources. And I think that, again, we, we certainly advocate to people that are buying AI solutions that unless you are at the screaming edge, you have huge R&D budgets, you have huge internal data science talent, you probably don't want to be a guinea pig with AI. You probably, you know, for most people, you you probably want to find something that has some precedence of use, precedence of, of ROI. So benchmarking peers, I, I think really, really critical. But, but you mentioned the Gartner reports. You know, do you see, and I have great respect for, for the big market research firms, everybody from Kantar and Gartner and, you know, uh, all, all the research firms that are have earned their name. When you think about where that stuff plays a role in the AI landscape, do you think that those kinds of assessments are going to become more important or less important and why? So Gartner plays a very critical role in procurement process and even for AI tools too, right? Reading through a Gartner report will always help you shortlist your first set of vendors. It will not definitely help you buy the final product. And uh, that's not even what Gartner claims to do. But then if you're setting up an RFP process, Gartner is a great place to go, right? You know the vendors already. You know who are the providers for AI in supply chain. You know how an RFP process should look like. You know what what you have to specifically look for in the success criteria. So Gartner has done a great job out there, right? And I would strongly recommend everybody to at least go into Gartner's and get those reports out. See how a success matrix is defined for the AI industry, and uh, right, take it up from there. That should be your starting point always. Huh. Okay. So you think you think that those reports are maybe basically as relevant as ever? 
that strong market research is, is as relevant as ever in this very nascent space of AI. Even though we don't have the same kind of data about case studies, we don't have the same kind of data about like uh, directly comparing features because features are so amorphous in this world of AI, still creating those RFPs, having a starting point, it's, it's still just as relevant from your perspective. Exactly. Because that data itself is missing, man, right? No one yeah. else is going to point out the data. So whatever good data we have got to has collated all of that for you across the world. Wow, you're, so, you're you're doing a good a good marketing job for those guys right now. But I, I I see your point, and I think that there's credence to that for sure. Exactly. So Gartner will not definitely have a magic quadrant for AI still because they know they don't have enough case studies. They oh yeah, it's have like super new. Yeah, it's super new, right? But then whatever it's out there, it, you should be able to read through it and understand. And it's just not Gartner. There are a couple of more data research companies out there who are working on supply chain AI, and just researching through all of them would give you a good insight into it. So maybe I'm not too much in favor of just Gartner and Gartner, but there are quite a bunch of data research companies. IDCs, IDC is also doing yep. quite, quite yep. some stuff in there. So right, just choose your data research company and rely on them. It's more of a starting point for procurement process. Got it. Okay, so I'll, I'll put a nutshell on this, Gore, of just being wary where we are for time here. So one point that you mentioned was, you know, still pay attention to peers, really get a sense of what other people are doing. Are they happy? Are they not happy? You know, don't let go of that core channel. That's really important. Another thing was, you know, market research is still really relevant. There's not that much information out there, but the market research firms that do it well are going to have some good information. And so you might want to start with them. Um, and then a third point was when you can begin with these really low pressure, low weight kind of sandbox related projects. So maybe you can gauge different solutions. If it's possible to do it at a very light level like that, then think about that as a first step. Those are the three things I have written down. Is that a good nutshell or are there any other points you want to add in there? I think you got it the right way, Dan. Awesome. I've, I've, uh, I've been paying attention closely then, Gaurav. I, I wanted to drink up everything that you had to, to say and mention here. And I know that this was supposed to be a, a shorter episode, so I want to honor your time on that. But I appreciate you being able to bring some actionable advice to the table for the audience here on this episode of AI and Industry. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for your time. So that's all for this episode here on AI in Industry. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to stay tuned next week for our fourth and final episode in the series on buying and procuring AI in the enterprise. And if you want to stay on top of all of our latest podcasts, in addition to seeing all the new AI use cases, the new and novel artificial intelligence applications that we cover at Emerge, then be sure to follow us on social. It's just emerj.com for our homepage, and you can find emerge.com on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook. Pretty easy to find us, Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research. We're constantly sharing our latest blog posts on AI and banking and pharma and manufacturing. If you want to stay on top of the cutting edge, in addition to these longer interviews that we do, then be sure to follow us on social as well. But I'm going to wrap up this episode, and I will catch you next Tuesday here on AI and Industry.